Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everybody. This is Eric Pennington, and this is the Spirit of EQ podcast. Today's podcast is about applying consequential thinking. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Hey, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing good, doing good. And um, it's good to see you again. Good to hear your voice again. Applying consequential thinking. You know what? You got to tell me, what's consequential <laughs> thinking? All right. Consequential thinking is the, uh, the ability, the skill to actually think through a process. If, if I do this, this is going to happen. If I don't do this, that's going to happen. And like all the other competencies, if you look at those, they all have a verb at the beginning. So in this case, we're learning how to apply consequential thinking to big decisions, little decisions uh, through our life. So and, and uh, I guess a straightforward question would be, is this going to help me not make those dumbheaded decisions that <laughs> sometimes, you know, when you react to things, and I know we've talked about reacting mm -hmm. versus responding, is that kind of what it's designed for? Yeah, what, what it does is it allows you to take the facts of a situation, facts, figures, uh, whatever is going on in the situation, and then factor in the emotions of the situation. You know, how am I feeling about this? You know, what is my outcome that I want to have? And then use that to uh, make the decisions and then have an idea of what you think the outcome could be. The, uh, what, what's going to happen? Is it going to get to the outcome that I want to have? I know a lot of our listeners might be wondering, so how do, I guess from the perspective, if I'm listening, how do I know if I'm a good candidate for this? Is it, am I someone that typically loses my temper and reacts all the time, or is it just, it's great for anybody? It, it's great for any person to, to think about. It. A lot of people are already doing that naturally. They may not know it. Mm -hmm. And once they recognize the fact that, 
yeah, I am doing that, they'll be able to strengthen it. And a lot of people haven't recognized it. And so they do, they, they, uh, they let the unchecked or ununderstood emotion drive their decisions. And, and sometimes that might be a good outcome, but most times you're not going to get the outcome that you really want. So one thing I was going to ask you about, and I, and I know you have some background in this um, outside of the spirit of EQ. How, how about inside of, have you guys work inside of the prison system as an example? Well, we haven't really worked that much in doing actual EQ work in prison, but I've been involved in a, a prison ministry for oh, okay. over 25 years now. And it's very interesting. And I didn't really catch what they were doing until the last time I was on one of the weekends. We have a series of talks that uh, we give to the residents. That's uh-huh. what we call the inmates, uh, okay. you know, male or female, uh, depending on what prison they're in. Mm-hmm. And the first talk we give is called Choices. And in this Choices talk, what we teach the residents is the difference between reacting to a situation and responding. And that's what we're talking about. If you respond to a situation, you've probably applied your consequential thinking. And if you really think it through to the outcome, okay, is this the outcome I want? On the other end, if you react, you don't think about that outcome. And in the case of most people in prison, they reacted to a situation instead of responded. You mean as far as what got them into the prison? Okay, gotcha. Or what's driving their their life in the prison, how well they follow rules, how they get along with corrections officers, with other uh, prisoners. And we we start teaching them that. Let's, you know, learn how to respond. And I did, it was just funny. I, the last time I heard that talk given, I go, oh, EQ, <laughs> they're doing. <laughs> gotcha. Wow. You know, I think I've even given the talk in the past. And when you talk one-on-one with the residents, you'll find out they can relate to that, that if I would have responded to this situation, I probably wouldn't be here. Th- gotcha. That's an extreme case, mm-hmm. but it mm-hmm. works in all our lives. It's interesting because I think from a parenting perspective, I've heard this before, you know, and I'm sure I've probably thought it as well, is that, you know, your kid at a certain age really knows how to push my buttons mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things. And typically you hear it as, I just don't know what to do because they know how to push my buttons. Is again, is that something someone a parent would probably ne- you could use? Yeah, that that's it, it. Could be used in a situation like that. One, we go back to a competency we talked about before, where we recognize a pattern, which could be a pattern in ourselves, or it could be a pattern mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this case in your child. Yep. Okay. Because they've recognized your pattern. It gets complicated. They've recognized your pattern. So the kid goes, I know if I do this, it's going to tilt mom. <laughs> like, you know, tilt like pinball and she's just going to whatever. Right. And and then I get my way. Well, they, they've actually applied consequential thinking then because they know if they push that button, mm-hmm. they're going to get the result they want. Now, that's probably not using it for good that way. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But Absolutely. Then, but then the parent in the same same aspect is they recognize the pattern. They know their child is going to do this mm-hmm. when the situation comes up. If they've applied some consequential thinking to it, they'll know, okay, you know what? We might have a little bit of a tantrum for a few minutes, but that's going to go away mm-hmm. and I'll get the mm-hmm. outcome I want for whatever the situation is, whether it's 
getting work done, correcting a bad behavior, correcting a dangerous behavior or something like that. So in some ways, too, that that modeling might even help the child, right? Because Mm -hmm. if they're observing all the other things, they're observing that maybe that parent is using consequential (laughs) thinking, right, as far as how to process, right? Yeah, and then they'll go, hopefully, they'll pick up on the fact that, okay, this whole process is not worth it because the consequences are, I'm going to have to do whatever they're asking me to do. Mm -hmm. So they eventually will give up unless gotcha. they're really stubborn like my children. And they <laughs> yeah. don't give up. <laughs> I'm in your tribe. Um, so the factors of analyzing and the reflecting, is that something related to thoughts and feelings? Yeah. When you analyze it, you, you think it through, and then you reflect on what happened. This is kind of the going over it after it's happened thing. You can do it before, but a lot of times, you know, you'll you'll decide, okay, this is what I did. This is what happened. So I'm going to okay, decide, you know, this is this is the result. And that's the that's the analyzing. Did the facts of the situation come out the way I want? And then you reflect on how it could have came out different, what you could have done differently. That kind of thing. And that's not necessarily emotions like we normally describe them, but you're using all those feelings because, you know, the outcome is going to be an emotional outcome. Are you going to be pleased with it, happy with it, or are you going to be upset with it? So it's still emotions, but just in a little little bit different way. So you're using the thoughts and feelings to do it. So combining facts with the human dynamic Maybe unwrap that a little bit, and then we okay. can maybe talk a little bit about us making a strategic plan. Okay. When you go into a situation and you're looking at buying a car, okay, so you're the there's the the facts of the situation. Okay, this is you know I've done my research and this is the type of car I need. Okay, I've got I've got a family, young kids, so I probably need a van. Okay, got so, it. So so you go okay we i decided that i need a van i decide that we're taking lots of long trips so i'll probably want a van with all the fancy dvd players and game mm-hmm. systems and stuff like that i've looked at the reliability ratings and the the town and country has the best reliability ratings how much do i have to spend how much does it cost and then there's some you know there's even some emotional feelings about what color do i like <laughs> Right. What color is the interior? You know, that kind of thing. So those are all the facts that you have. And then you go into the human dynamics. Is this decision going to sit well with my wife? Is she going to agree with all that? In my wife's case, if we were buying a van like that, she would need all the facts and figures. And I know that because we've been together a long time. So the human dynamic dealing with her is she's going to want to see all those facts and figures. And Mm. she'll probably ask me to show my work. (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. When you said town and country, why didn't you look at the Honda? Well, this is, you know, whatever the situation is. So you have the human dynamics. If she was the one making the decision, she understands me and I don't care <laughs> about all the facts and figures. Mm-hmm. So, so she's using the human dynamics to buy the vehicle or we would, you know, have to get together to do that. And, and it's the same way with any situation you are. There's always some facts and figures and then there's the, the human part of it, the, the emotions, the, the getting along kind of thing. So maybe that is a good segue to thinking about, uh, making a strategic plan. Maybe talk a little bit about that. How okay. someone can do that. The strategic plan, if you're really looking at something long term. You know, something longer term than maybe, you know, a car, but it could be 
you just you sit down and you 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 just start that process. You get the facts and figures. You get all that information. You sit with it. You are th- these things that I'm looking at. What I really want in this case with the car, mm-hmm. the outcome of getting a, a a car that fits my needs, fits my budget. When you go from being single to married, you know you have you know you have cool cars then. Then when you hit the minivan stage, am I going to, is that going to sit well with me? <laughs> and I think anybody that has a family in today's, you know, what, it used to be station wagon, now it's minivan. Can I, can I handle the emotional drama? <laughs> my smile just got so much wider, Jeff, because um, my wife and I have gone through that stage of when we first were married, it was exactly like you said, it was what we wanted, all the bells and whistles, and then we had kids, and then it was a minivan. Now, my kids are at an age now where they're heading out, and we've transitioned out of the minivan back into the things that we like. So it's very, very interesting you put that way. With, with a strategic plan, and, and I know some listeners might be, wow, you mean I've got to like sit down and let's take it down the level. It's not as intimidating or as laborious, right? To put that together, is it? No, it's not. A strategic plan could deal with. I have a work situation mm-hmm. where I'm going to have to talk with one of my employees. The strategic plan is okay. I need to talk with this employee. I need to bring up this information, mm-hmm. and my outcome is I I want the employee to follow the rules or whatever the situation is. That's a strategic plan. You you have your situation, you have your plan of how to address it, and then your outcome is whatever you want from That's the really great, Jeff, because I think what that does, um, just as I'm sitting here, it just makes me realize that if I go into a situation like that without a plan, typically not going to be such a good result. Mm-hmm. You're reacting instead of responding to the situation. And then the human dynamic part of it is if you're trying to be emotionally smart, use your emotional intelligence is that way you present it to that employee takes a big chunk of that because you, if you know your employee well, you'll know that they just want to know exactly what's going on. Gotcha. They don't, they don't need it sugarcoated. Someone else may you have to approach from a different angle. So that's all in that strategic planning. That's good. That's good because I think that makes it much more approachable and not as intimidating to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to kind of go uh, a, a little different direction okay. and, and talk about the extremes um, okay. and, and things of that nature, reactive, um, cautious, and those things. I would imagine these are things that potentially could get you in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and so can you elaborate a little bit yeah, on that? Uh, they, you know, the uh, Consequential thinking is goes over a spectrum. The easiest one to understand is is reactive, where there is no consequential thinking. You don't think about the outcome. You don't think about how you're going to address the situation. Mm-hmm. You just you just go into it and attack it. So that's that's the reactive end. Mm-hmm. And then you go through different stages, and then you finally get to the cautious. And the cautious stage is where you spend so much time in consequential thinking, weighing the facts and figures, really, really, really spending too much time on on a precise outcome and you know, that kind of thing, where you actually get to the point where you can't make a decision. It's almost analysis paralysis. Exactly. Right? We've heard in, that so many analysis times. Paralysis. And so that's the cautious. That's, that's the... Uh, extent of it. So you want to kind of have a balance. When I'm doing a debrief with somebody that has high consequential thinking, that's one of the areas I always explore with them. Are you able to make a decision? And mm-hmm. sometimes, yes, they they have the high consequential thinking, but they know how to use it. 
or they use it as a safety net to not have to make a decision. So if I understand you right, and I think we're saying let's beware of the extremes mm-hmm. and try to find some place in balance where – a, again, you're not on the side of the equation where you're reacting without any plan, without any consideration, no consequential thinking, or the cautious, which is the other side of, oh my gosh, I'm, I, I need to think more, I want to look at more, I want to look at more, and you find yourself, you just can't You make can't a make a decision. It's funny, sometimes you'll have, like, work committees are the same way. <laughs> right. Or with work committees, they might have some people that are reactive and some people that are the cautious. And they, they, then they can't ever make a decision because mm. the cautious people are not getting any of the information they need. The reactive people are bored already. They've already know what they want to do. So these are all dynamics that, that can have individuals work with teams, work with organizations. I'm sure there are lots of businesses that probably failed because they were at the extreme as a business. Reactive are too cautious where they made stupid decisions or. Mm-hmm. They had a decision they needed to make and they never got to it. That's really powerful, Jeff, because uh, I can think about it even, you know, from my own life, be it work, be it family or whatever, where I've I've reacted and my emotions just drove the train of mm-hmm. how I felt about it at that moment in time. And then after the fact, after damage done, reflection comes in and you go, you know what? I really wish I wouldn't have used those words. <laughs> um, so your tips are right on the money. I've never been one too much to swing on the cautious side um, because I, I'm not very patient. But at that <laughs> same time, I think that's a great illustration about those two poles and how you, you need to find mm-hmm. that that uh, that center, if you will. I think as the takeaway is that consequential thinking is a tool to help you do better at a lot of the things that we've been talking about in previous podcasts as well, yeah. right? Yeah, it helps you focus on the outcome. I don't like to give a lot of homework because I know everybody is busy, mm-hmm. but just after you listen to the podcast, think of a situation after it's over with, think about, you know, how you approached it. What, what was your pre-work, whether it was long involved or just in the spur of the moment? What did you decide to do? What did you do? And then did the outcome meet what you wanted? And mm. just, just take a minute. You, you know, some people will want to write that out. That's fine. If you just go through it in your head and it could be anything from, did I go McDonald's or did I decide to get a better meal? You know, just, gotcha. it could be, or a big thing. It could be buying a car or getting a job. Okay. And, and Jeff, one thing that we haven't talked about, uh, would you advise maybe finding someone that you could bounce your strategic plan off of, you know, yeah. this idea to say, Hey, and let's look at it. In our case, we're sitting here together. We've been doing these. And if I say, Hey, Jeff, I'm thinking the next podcast, I'm going to try this just to get your feedback, just to get your advice. Is that, do you think that's a good idea? Yeah, that, that is a good idea. As long as you understand you're, you somebody else is coming at it from a different direction gotcha. and, and you take it that way. That yeah. if you're asking someone to be honest with you, you know, listen to what they're saying. And if it mm-hmm. fits, fine. If it doesn't fit, that's okay too. Yeah. But just don't take it as an attack if they don't say what you want them to say. <laughs> yes, that's uh, that's very good. That's very good. But at a minimum, I think we've made it clear. Plan this stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, use the consequential thinking to help move you where you need to be. So from that perspective then, uh, Jeff, I think that brings us to the end of this podcast. It's great to see you again. Great to hear your voice. And um, we look forward to the next time. I do too. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. 
Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Circle270media.com Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So we're, we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based, and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.